is a series of problem-solving opportunities. The problems you face will either defeat you or develop you depending on how you respond to them. When we live by faith, we don't look at our problems. We look upon God. God has everything under control, and we live out what we believe in our actions, in our thoughts, and in our words. Well, bless the Lord. I'm here sharing with you on, you know, the fact that you need to not look at your problems, but look on God. I want to talk about that today because so many times you wonder, what on earth am I here for? Well, you're certainly not here to worry. You're here to worship. Well, you're certainly not here to panic. You're here to pray. And then today, mm-hmm, I want to say to you, you're not here to look at your problems. You're here to look on God. <laughs> well, and when you find this out, I know just some simple steps, some simple things that can be done that will change your life in such a defined and dramatic way. And that's what we want in this hour. Is that not right? Because we see so many people getting distracted and they're not focused on God. But when you look at your problems, this is what has happened. You see, you got to look on God. You must look on him. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God and of the throne of God. Most of the time I have seen it that people lose focus and they're sidetracked or derailed from their goals because they allow the enticement and excitement of the things of the world to cloud or darken their vision. I've also seen it happen to those that they get too much power and that power is just overwhelming for them. And hey, they get enticed by it, get excited about it, and oh... It brings a cloud and darkens the vision. This is one of the main reasons why so many people have failed to achieve their goals in life. And they end up falling in the ditches and the cracks and the crevices of life. They fall and most refused to get back up again. Just like Peter, who took his eyes off of Jesus while walking on the water. We see how easily we can fall when we allow fear and the elements and people to derail us and sink us. It'll happen to everyone, everyone. However, this was in Matthew, the 14th chapter, 30th verse that you, you see that account with Peter. If you will stay focused by obeying God's word, you will not fall. Oh, oh, that's strong, isn't it? Well, I didn't say it. God said it. And let me tell you, Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 says, Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. In other words, hey, it's going to be just fine if you will stay focused. Paul took focusing on God further by telling us in Philippians 3 verses 13 and 14 to forget those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before. And then he said, what? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. My question to you, what are you focusing on? What are you pressing toward? You know, I'm going to always have you engaging. Oh, that's the teacher in me. (laughs) Is it the kingdom of God or heaven? Matthew 6 and 33 tells us to seek God's kingdom first so that he will be able to add the rest. Oh, yeah. If you focus on God, he will focus on you. (laughs) I just preached a sermon right there. 
because when you begin to seek him first, then it gives him the ability to do what he want to do. The promise that he has promised unto you, he'll be able to add the rest. Because he's not going to go outside of his word. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. Ugh. So what you focus on will eventually lead to heaven or hell. What you focus on will eventually lead to joy or sorrow. What you focus on will eventually lead to life eternal or death and torment. Listen, let me tell you. Don't look at your problem. Look on God. Oh, Proverbs 28 and 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. You know, there's a path that seems right unto man. That's what the Bible tells us that too. I'm on the word. But at the end, it's destruction. And he said, keep your eyes on God because he has his eyes on you. Oh, isn't that awesome? Oh, so what do you focus on? If you want your focus to be on God, then you need to receive Jesus into your heart today. You know, you need to start a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And then all glory and all honor and all praise ah, and thanks go to God. Because let me tell you, he's the one that's going to do everything that he promised in his word. Oh, yes, he will. He'll bind every tactic of the enemy. When you make up your mind to not look at the problem, but look on God. Uh, he will bring to naught every hindrance. He will come against everything that's trying to prevent the word of God from reaching you. Oh, yes. Everything that would try to stop the word of God from coming to pass in your life. Oh. Let me tell you, he's omnipotent and he'll do everything that he said he was going to do and some. Well, I'm in scripture again, Ephesians 3 and 20. He'll do the exceeding abundantly more than you could ask, think or imagine. Why? Because he's that kind of God. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm here to tell you, what on earth am, am I on this earth for? What am I here for? Oh, you're here to not worry, but worship. What am I here for? You're here to not panic, but pray. What am I here for? You're here to not look at your problem, but to look on God. Oh, oh my goodness. Because when you begin to do that, you'll see that God is bigger than your problem. That's the ultimate of what God wants to do. God's promises, you know, they often lose their power in the lives of those um, who see God as small in their eyes. Yeah, you got, you got to see him as the omnipotent God that he is. And you might be able to recite God's promises by the dozen, but in your heart, God is no longer the king who conquers armies and cuts a valley in the sea. He is no longer the shepherd who keeps his sheep and keeps them safe behind his staff. <laughs> Whenever you see that God has gotten smaller in someone's eyes, and in fact, they say, oh, I'm quoting scripture, I'm standing on scripture, I'm standing on the word, but what's going on in your heart? God is no longer the king. He's no longer the Lord who walks on waves and calls the dead back from the grave. Slowly, subtly, you've forgotten God's power, God's wisdom, God's tenderness. Huh? And when the promises of God seem powerless to quiet your fears and soothe your grief and lift your worries and motivate your obedience, you need to do more than simply hear his promises again. I don't care how much you're quoting them. You need to behold the God who gives them. You need to get in his presence and you need to behold him. Oh, glory to God. You know, in Isaiah 40, the prophet speaks to a group of broken Israelites and the nation that once shone like the stars in the sky, had become blackened by exile. And as Israel looked back from Babylon, the promises of God seemed buried. 
How are they going to, you know, get them as being real in their life? How would God give Israel an everlasting kingdom when they were slaves in a foreign land? This is in 2 Samuel, the 7th chapter. How would God make Israel a blessing to the world when a curse had fallen on them? This is Genesis 12 and 3. Remember that promise? How would God raise up from Israel a serpent crushing king when they were under Babylon's hill? Genesis 3, 15. Oh, and you know what? We can ask those questions today about our lives and about situations in others' lives. But let me tell you, when you think about the promises that God has given you and you're looking at a wreck and you're looking at circumstances. Oh, but let me tell you, if you will look ahead to a life of what God has for you. Oh, glory to God. And you, you begin to focus on God and begin to say to yourself, how can I, you know, do what God wants me to do? And and sometimes there are people asking questions too, that they'll say to themselves, I don't see how in the world God going to be able to satisfy this promise in my life. I don't see how it's going to happen. Didn't that what the children of Israel, they always let the wrong thing come out of their mouths when they get in a panic. But when you will look on God and not look at your problem. You'll forget about how you faltered and failed, but you got back up. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> and you forget about all that that's been lost, and you'll be looking at God restoring. Mm. You'll stop feeling so comfortless, and you'll begin to sense how God's going to comfort you. And see, it's in those moments that God begins to do great and mighty things on the inside of you. And we see, as we read in the Bible, in Isaiah 40, that in those moments, we need God to do for us what he did for Israel there. We need God to come alongside us and remind us of his promises and then say, behold, <laughs> your God. Don't look at your problems. Look on God. Behold your God. Who is the God who gives his promises to us? He is the God of might who created the world by his word. He is the God of wisdom who makes a way in the wilderness. He is the God of tenderness who carries his children home. And he is bigger than all our problems. He's saying, behold your God. Don't look upon your problems. Look on God. Oh, he's a God of might. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Isaiah 40 and 10. Look on God. Behold him who created the world by his word. What did he tell Job? He said, Job, where were you? You know, you're allowing complaining to come out of your mouth saying, woe is me. I wish I wasn't never born. I wish I had never come out of my mama's womb. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Huh? God told him to hold up. Where were you when I pinned the earth on nothing? Where were you when I created all that mankind would need on this earth? I did all this in the beginning. Where were you when I had my plan and my purpose concerning everything divinely I was going to do? Where were you, Job? And when he got through counseling Job, Job said, woe is me. Oh, I shouldn't have never opened my mouth. And shortly after that, then what happened? God began to instruct him and tell him what he wanted him to do. When you begin to behold your God, God will begin to speak out his promises unto you. He'll remind you. Oh, and he'll begin to speak and the darkness will have to flee just as he did in Genesis, the first chapter, when he said, let there be light and darkness fled. Hmm. When he speaks, stars burn and planets lock into orbit. Rivers run and oceans fill earth's floors. Valleys sink and mountains race to the sky. The grass and all the world may wither and the flower on every hillside fade. But the word of God who made them will stay and stand forever.
Mm. Oh, are your troubles as untamed as the ocean? God holds them in the hollow of his hand. Isaiah 40 and 12. Are your sorrows whew, as vast as the heavens? God measures them like a carpenter at his workbench. <laughs> are your burdens as heavy as the hills? God picks them up and puts them on his scale. Oh, let me tell you, your problems may be massive, but your God is mighty. Oh, don't look at your problems. Look on God. The sun will fail to shine sooner than God's word will fail and fall to the ground. No matter how big your problems. Oh, God is bigger. He's a God of wisdom. Oh, God is bigger. He's a God of tenderness. God is bigger. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. Ah, your problems may be big, perhaps even bigger than you know, but your God is bigger and his promises to you are stronger and surer. So you look up from your problems. Listen again to God's powerful, wise and tender voice and then ask God to help you behold him. Don't look at your problems. You look on God. Ah, don't you worry. You start worshiping. Mm, don't you panic. You start praying. Don't look at your problems. Ah, look on God. Ah, well, my prayer for you is that God allows you to live as long as you want and that you never want as long as you live. I am Carol Dixon, and this is Dash. Did you miss a Dash episode recently? If so, we have you covered. You can get all of the previous Dash teachings on your podcast platform right now. It's a great opportunity to not only catch up on what you've missed, but also share the teaching with others who need to hear it. Every message gives you the opportunity to share through your favorite social media channel, email, or text. It's a valuable way to let your friends and family know what God is teaching you through Dash with Carol Dixon. If you would like to know more about Dr. Carolee Dixon and Dash, go to our website at caroldixon.net. Mm-hmm.